Bookstore and The Secret Garden. Welcome to Simple Life Radio. This is the last Simple Life Radio show of 2014. I am your host, Cynthia Fernandez, and we're in that really great transitional time of the year when we're more likely to review the last 12 months as well as look forward at the new year. I always feel this sort of surge of energy to complete things and clean things and also consider the future year to be like this blank slate to design on. So I hope wherever you are, as you hear the sound of my voice, you're well and at peace. We have a special guest planned for our today's show. Now, this is someone I've known since we first met in 1999. We met in a public place. It was a bookstore, and it's a bookstore that he owns in Carmel, California. I always felt really comfortable talking with him right away. We had great conversation each time that we met, and he was always a good listener, his genuine curiosity about new things. Well, now I see him every day because he's my husband. He's my business partner, and he's my life partner, Paul Fridland. Welcome to Simple Life Radio. Thank you, sweetie. (laughs) It's great to be here. You weren't expecting that. I was not. (laughs) Well, it might be a little tricky hosting this interview today since I am very familiar with you and have my own version of probably everything that you're going to be talking about. So I just want you to know that I'm prepared to do my best at being the radio host, the interviewer, and that this show is all about you. Okay? Okay. And I want to give a special shout-out to Tim Bergren holding down the fort at Pilgrim's Way Community Bookstore in Secret Garden. Uh, it was Tim's suggestion that Paul be my, my guest for our last show. And uh, if you're in the store now, give him kudos, okay? Hey, Tim. <laughs> I've collected questions from customers over the years and have compiled them for our show today. And uh, if you're ready, we'll get started. Let's go. All right. So one of the most uh, common questions that we get is, uh, uh, Paul, did you start the business at Pilgrim's Way? Did I start the business? No, I didn't start. I'm actually the fifth owner of the Pilgrim's Way bookstore and Secret Garden. Um, I know that. How long have you had it then? I've had it, I think, uh, I think it's about 23 years now. Okay, is that right? Yeah. Okay, 23 years. <laughs> and uh, and who had the store before you then? Before me? Um, before I took over was my mother. Zoe Landria is, is her name. She had it for 10 years, and uh, after about seven years, she got the seven-year itch, and that lasted for about three years, and she was ready to sell the store, so I just thought, you know, I guess it's not, I, I, I didn't know what to do at the time, so I just... I bought it from her. Now, did she, uh, since you're her son and, you know, she was sort of um, dabbling in bookstore business because she loves books and she's an avid reader, did she need or ask for your help with anything around the store? Well, she certainly did. I, I moved out here from Wisconsin to help her out in the store 
to actually get the store on a computerized inventory system. I actually wrote the software m- myself, which I actually learned how to program while I was doing it. And, uh, I mean, she was doing her inventory on, uh, what did she say, legal pads and index cards. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so we had her set up on computer after a while. All right, so so you uh, helped her out getting the computer system inventory going and uh, other aspects of running the business, and she was ready to exit. You decided, all right, I like it. I'm staying. Yes. Yeah. Yep. One of the other questions that we get an awful lot is, what you know? What is Pilgrim's? What does Pilgrim mean? I mean, the store's name is Pilgrim's Way. A lot of people associate Pilgrim with a some sort of religious connection, uh, be it Catholicism or Buddhism or something like that. And and it's not always clear to folks, since of course it's not a chain store. What does the word Pilgrim signify? Hmm. Good question. The uh, Pilgrim, I think. It might have a religious context because it's puritanical origins of when um, they were referred to as pilgrims in early uh, in the 1400s. Um, but when you actually look it up, it, it, it means truth seeker or um, a pioneer or a guide or, like, or an adventurer, perhaps, showing the way. So that's what that's what really pilgrim really means. Is that why there's a lantern? A lantern, yes, lighting the way, right? Oh, Showing the way. Interesting. So for those people who maybe are hearing this uh, interview and they haven't actually been to the store, um, could you describe it for them? Oh, well, from the street you're going to see a, a small storefront because we're a small, st- well, it's a small size storefront, even though it goes further on back. But you're going to see a nice, large window in the s- from this from the street. You're going to see two entrances. One on the left hand side of the window is actually the long walkway that goes into the secret garden. On the right hand side of the window, you're going to see the entrance that walks into the bookstore, and you're going to walk right by our um, pilgrim or our hermit. Actually, that's painted on a sign there by uh, a gentleman that we had become friends with years and years ago. He's he did all the signage for the store. I'm taking a little side note here, but he uh, he we wanted to get the uh, icon of the store of the hermit into uh, a modern age because if you look at a picture of the old hermit, he's got his head down, he's looking down, but we wanted him to be looking up being more positive so we said uh, Earl would you mind just painting a new sort of image of this hermit so he did he, he went home and he painted a nice picture of a hermit and he walked in one day and he said you know I got everything done except for the face and uh, he said what do you want for the face and I said I looked at him I said Earl why don't you put your own face on there so he did so when you walk in that store you're going to see a picture of Earl showing you the way into the store. And uh, God rest his soul, he passed away, I believe, about two two years ago. And we uh, miss him dearly. And you're referring to the chalkboard <coughs> sign on the right side of the entryway? Yes, the chalkboard yeah. sign on the way in the front door. Yeah, we miss Earl. We miss Earl. So now we're in the store. Mm-hmm. You going to show us around? Well, yeah. We're, first you're going to see the walls lined with lots of books. 
and uh, lots of books that are all hand-selected by our staff and by us and by actually by the community because we listen very intently on uh, people and what they're looking for and um, if it's worth stocking in the store, we do. And we have a lot of local local books that uh, are from local authors and um, as well as a pretty extensive environmental section because that represents our own personal values. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. And uh, Well, we just had a local author sign today, mm-hmm. uh, and his uh, he's a retired L.A. cop uh, volunteer now with the Carmel Police Department, and they were kind enough, those good men down at the Carmel Police Department, they brought around the uh, heirloom... I should say that. Um, police car, vintage, vintage police car, and parked it in front of the bookstore to, to you know, kind of lighten things up for Frank. Um, but he wrote about his uh, experiences as an L.A. cop and a lot of the, the goodness that he brought into the community there, some of the hero stories and love stories and, and heart stories. And, uh, yeah, it was great. Almost every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yep, so then uh, as you walk into the store, then you're going to see um, some glass cases, jewelry cases, that are uh, showcasing a lot of crystals and gemstones. And i got to tell you, it just sparkles. Everything just sparkles. So you got lots to look at. You know, I like to say that um, your eyes just dance around and all over the store with lots of things to look at. And what about the, the garden? All right, now, are you part of the garden at all, the secret garden? Yes, yes, yes. We uh, we took over that lease, and uh, we've had the secret garden for for 12 years now. Wow. Um, and we've really, really uh, made it into a magical place that's an extension of the bookstore. And uh, believe it or not, it's got a geodesic dome, and uh, which you don't find... Very often, yeah, especially not in Carmel. Yeah, and uh, I, I have to tell you, this is another synchronicity story because I've been wanting to do maintenance on the dome itself, and I'm thinking now. I wonder. Yeah, I know there's another company called Pacific Domes that does uh, geodesic domes, and um, lo and behold, um, I saw a car parked out in front of the store today that said Pacific Domes on the side of the car. So I taped my business card to the window, and and we we had a great conversation with the people that uh, work at the company. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm wondering, Paul, um, since this is sort of a behind-the-scenes, getting-to-know-Paul kind of a show, what are some of the things that you enjoy about Pilgrim's Way? I mean, it's different for you because you work there, and you're, you know, chief bottle washer and and CFO um, than the average person that comes in the store. But what is it that you enjoy? Well, the first thing I enjoy is the feeling when I get when I walk in the door. It's it's just a wonderful feeling. And I enjoy the sound of Cynthia's laughter coming from another room when she is... She's talking with customers, or she's talking with friends or vendors. Um, it's just something that truly, truly I, I enjoy. And I also enjoy the customer interactions that I get and the warm stories that come out of that. It's just an amazing thing. 
Like what? Do you have a story for us? Uh, yeah, let me tell you the story about, we call it pay it forward, because, <clears throat> excuse me, we had a, a local couple that we know came in the store, and they bought, I think, one book or two books, um, and he handed me a $100 bill, and he said, now I want you to take this and just, I don't want the change back. Well, I just want you to pay this forward and just help out anybody else that needs help with their purchases. So I thought, wow, that's 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 that's, that's different. That's different. <laughs> and so uh, I remember that the next person that's uh, or there there were there were mother and daughter. They were uh, agonizing over which angel card deck to buy. A uh, deck of cards that uh, has to do with lots of angels, and they finally selected the one they wanted, and so they brought it up to the counter. And I told them, I said, "Well, guess what? This is actually paid for because the person before you wanted to pay it forward." And they just started crying, both of them. And it was a very, very emotional uh, time. They could not believe that someone this day and age would do this. And uh, it just absolutely made their purchase um, just so much more special. And that's one of the one of my favorite stories that comes out of that. I love that story. Yeah. Now that, if I remember correctly, uh, was like that hundred dollars affected three other sets of people. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah. So you love the sort of synchronicity and interactions with folks that come into the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love the synchronicities. Yeah. Anything else? Sure. I've got one of my favorite synchronicity stories. Yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. I get a call one morning by a local uh, customer of ours. He's a retired newspaper guy. He talks like this. He goes, hey, Paul. He goes, uh, is, is there such a thing as a, a uh, book for TV shows, kind of like Leonard Maltin's book for movies? And uh, I said, gosh, uh, Wayne, I said, uh, I, I don't know if there is or not, so uh, I, I'll see what I can find for you. And, and, I'd, and, and if I do, I'll give you a call. So I hung up the phone, and I'm thinking to myself, now how am I going to find out if there's a book like Leonard Maltin's book on movies? Well, okay, about two hours later, I'm sitting at the register, and I look over, and there's this man with his back to me. And uh, I'm wondering, there's something about this guy. I don't know what it is. And he turned around, and he I'm telling you, he looked just like Leonard Moulton. <laughs> I talk about synchronicity. And I looked at him, I said, you know, you look like just like Leonard Moulton. You're not, are you Leonard Moulton? He said, well, yes, I am. And I said, "Oh my God! You will not believe this. I just had a, you know, an inquiry from a customer this morning, and I asked him. I said, uh, is there such a thing as a book on TV shows like your book on movies?' And he said, uh, "Well, no, there isn't. If 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 there was, it'd be like ten inches thick. Um, and he had actually tried to work on one, but couldn't get it going. And uh, so, long story short." I called Wayne back, and I said, hey, Wayne. So I, I talked to Leonard, and guess what? <laughs> he said, what do you mean you talked to Leonard? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was another synchronicity that happens. And, and these synchronicities happen all the time in the store. 
So uh, it's just it's it's magical. It is a magical place. I've been there. Yes, indeed. And so, uh, what about the books? I mean, there's lots of books. The the whole beginning of the business since. Uh, you have had the business much longer than than uh, the time frame the garden has been part of Pilgrim's Way. Um, there was almost a complete focus on books. Are you a book person, avid reader? Do well, you enjoy that part of the business? I honestly have to admit that I am not. I wouldn't be called an avid reader. Uh-huh. I mean, I love reading, but owning a small retail business, especially a bookstore. There's so much detail to take, you know, keep track of that I, I have a, a few minutes to read each night before I go to bed. You mean you don't just sit behind the cash register and read a book until a customer comes up and wants to give you money? What are you, nuts? <laughs> There's too much to do. There is a lot to do. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, But through the years, I mean, the selection of books is constantly changing. It's ebbing and it's flowing through whatever is important and uh we actually made one of the biggest changes in the store and uh what was that night it was at uh 2006 when the thunderbird uh closed its doors and uh and the community really had a, a loss that year because thunderbird was a was a wonderful bookstore i'm sure a lot of you remember but we decided to take up that slack and we changed uh from a specialty bookstore to uh more of a general trade and also uh, reflecting the um, community as well. In fact, we put the word community in our name. We called the Pilgrim's Way Community Bookstore because we wanted to open up the uh, selection to reflect what people were, were looking for. So now I want to move over to uh, challenges. Our guest today, Paul Fridland, owner of the Pilgrim's Way Community Bookstore in Secret Garden in downtown Carmel. You're listening to Simple Life Radio, and I'm your host, Cynthia Fernandez. And we're getting some behind-the-scenes information. So um, we got a, f- a little bit of a taste about your favorite things at the store, Paul. Um, when it comes to challenges, what would you say? Well, I think my first challenge is uh, probably... I, I touched on this earlier is my uh, my time management because there is so much to do and so much to keep track of that um, trying to structure my time and making sure everything gets done especially what um, uh, people are looking for in the way of their own personal requests um, is a challenge and uh, I got to tell you some of the customer requests for their we call them special order books are books that we don't carry but or we have carried but they're just out of stock and um, so we get requests all the time and it's always a challenge for me to track these down but I truly enjoy it it's like um, it's like putting on a Sherlock Holmes hat sometimes you got to really figure out where these things are coming from and uh, even we even track down books that are out of print uh, if they're uh, not in print, and uh, what kind of shape they're in, and, and um, we work with people on that too. Well, you're good at it. I, I hear compliments all the time from folks um, who have been, you know, fallen in love with a book, loaned it out, didn't get it back, and Paul saved the day because I couldn't find it and he did. So, um, yeah. Cool. Any any other challenges for uh, independent bookstore in 2014? Any other challenges? Yeah. Um, Hard to find books. Anything else? 
Uh, well, probably the economics is a challenge because, um, you know, as we know, we're, we have a, um, a dynamic in our society today of online book selling and, uh, well, not just that, but um, uh, the big A is uh, taking over a lot of the way we buy things and the way we look for things. And it's 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 becoming a real challenge for not only bookstores but for uh, other independent stores as well. And uh, in fact, I don't know. A lot of people don't realize that Amazon is um, uh, they actually establish themselves as a data collection scheme to uh, to not so much sell books but to collect data on people so they can turn around and they can promote large ticket items. And uh, and actually, their book division um, loses money in the long run. So, you know, it's interesting that you should mention that, Paul, because uh, um, it's actually been written about. I know the New York Times has, I think, maybe a year ago, written about independent bookstores are not going away, and the printed uh, book versus the ebook is not going away, and. Um, and actually said that the the independent bookstores are offering something that neither Amazon nor chain stores can offer, and that's basically attention to the quirky needs of their customer base. Now, I don't know about quirky needs, but I do know that there are a lot of really creative people where we live. Uh, their, their tastes are very specific and precise, and they don't get the time of day you know, in bookstores that don't focus on customer service as a number one priority. And that's something that you are known for. Yes. So now that, you know, we we have heard a little bit about how long you've had it and what you like and find challenging about it, what have you changed as the fifth owner? What have you changed since you've owned the business? Well, I think the biggest change for me when I... uh took it over and then through the years the biggest change I would have to say is I met a wonderful woman in 1991 and she came into my life and we married actually in the secret garden we got married and and uh, she came in I'm talking about you now Uh-oh. uh and she, she made some incredible changes that I don't that I wouldn't have uh, dared try Shh. and <laughs> It was a lot of a lot of fun along the way. She um, she came up to me one day and she decided I'm going to paint the wall red that walks goes into the secret garden. I said, "You're what? <laughs> red? Isn't that kind of bright? <laughs> I think it would look nice." And so uh, I trusted her. Oh, it didn't quite go like well, that. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it took me a little while to get used to the idea. But I'm telling you, after it was done, oh my God, it is just beautiful, and it's people take pictures of it all day long. That's true. That so, is true. That was one of the big changes. One of the big changes. And it, it continually uh, it changes and evolves to this day. We're just always sprucing things up and making things look uh, better and better and better. We just got brand new carpeting and uh, and another thing Cynthia did. I, do you mind if I just kind of? I'm you know, not sure what you're gonna say. Well, she she took it on herself. She she decided she was gonna paint the bookshelves. You know how many bookshelves we have in that store? 
a lot. So she uh, started one by one, and she did it so that we could stay open, and she would paint one bookshelf at a time, and we'd just take the books off and paint it, let it dry, put the books back on. And now you look at it, and it's just absolutely beautiful what she's done. Thank and you, sweetie. I, there's, there's, I, I tell people there's, there's, you're not happy unless you've got like a paintbrush or a hammer or something in your hands, so you got, you can make some improvements. But Sometimes people call that a woman's touch. Yes. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for that. Oh. So anyway, that that was the, one of the my biggest changes was marrying this uh, beautiful woman. Mm. Well, we are both lucky people. Um, you know. Paul, people have often assumed by your stoic demeanor that you're always calm, that perhaps uh, it's because, like Buddha, you have attained enlightenment. Is that the case? Is that the case? (laughs) What do you attribute your quietness to? Are you really enlightened? Mm, No, I wouldn't say enlightened. Um, but I, I am, I, I do, I, I'm a shy person, you know, I admit that, I'm an introvert, and um, I'm uh, constantly looking for ways to improve on that, and, uh, but I, I take things in stride, I tend to, um, and I know there's a time and place for uh, showing certain types of emotions. And a lot of times when you're in the public arena and you're uh, like in the service uh, type of um, role, like in the bookstore, I, it's, not, it's not a time to be uh, you know, getting angry or uh, showing certain negative emotions that are just not appropriate. There's, there's a time and place for that. And laughter, too. Laughter is welcome anytime, <laughs> anytime. That is my favorite thing. What would you like to add or change in the future of Pilgrim's Way? Uh, well, like I said, we're continually evolving to make it look better and better. And I'm, uh, I would love to to uh, uh, make the uh, the dome and the secret garden um, look really nice and up to up to just looking nice and and uh, continue to to work on the processes inside the store that people don't see as far as um, how things are obtained and how things run and I want to be quick and I want to be able to respond quickly even though I mean we, we, we can get things for people in sometimes a day yeah, the the folks I talk to are almost always surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is pretty surprising, and I think part of that is that we've developed so many different sources for things over the years where we don't rely on just one source, and that comes with experience. So you want to be better at uh, efficiencies in the bookstore. Uh, you'd like to change the the quality of the actual dome in the secret garden, and anything else. Um. Yeah, I think we're uh, planning on uh, finishing uh, off the uh, garden cottage that we call, uh, doing some uh, maintenance work on that. But uh, you know, these are the kind of things that I don't think the general public really needs to know. But mm-hmm. it's 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 in our plans. Yeah. And um, 
and and just continually working on the image and and just I, I call it just doing the right thing and feeling good about what you do is my aim each and every day and uh, in fact when when you do the right thing um, a lot of times you get accolades that are just come out of nowhere that you didn't even expect. Mm. Do you have any advice for people who might be thinking about acquiring a bookstore or starting a bookstore? Well, uh, I guess my first piece of advice is um, know that you're going to be putting in a lot of hours. It's not something that, uh, let's say you're going to retire and owning a bookstore, opening a bookstore seems like a nice thing to do because... It looks like when you walk in a bookstore that it's so quiet and nice and... You could sit down and read. Yeah, right. So anyway, um, it's it, know that you're going to put in a lot of hours. Know that you're going to diversify. You're going to have to carry not just books but other items as well. I mean, like we have the garden and also we've got lots of crystal jewelry and crystals and... Uh, and lots of and note cards, greeting cards that we carry that are um, wonderful greeting cards that are, reflect the local culture, and uh, and also um, lots of other gifts. Lots yeah. of other gifts, and just so know that you're going to diversify. That'd be another piece of advice, because you can't make it on books alone um, because of the margins. But um, that's my biggest piece of advice. Well, you know, apparently there have been a large number of local bookstores, independent bookstores, that have disappeared. Um, They say, if you trust what's on the Internet, that about a third have disappeared between 2005 and 2013. Um, Personally, I've talked to folks who are craftspeople and sell to independent bookstores across the nation, uh, and their number was more like 80%, but that was just within their vendor, you know, their customer base. Um, Needless to say, they're they're more scarce than they used to be. Um, So, yeah. On the other hand, it's it's a niche business that is also uh, very attractive to start up all over. So wouldn't it be great if somebody who wanted to, you know, at least consider starting a bookstore or taking over an existing bookstore had someone to talk to and sort of pick their brain? Oh, absolutely. In fact, we've consulted on a couple of different uh, bookstore locations already. And we're happy to, to help people out because, you know, there, there also seems to be resurgence. I think it seems to be coming back around again. Um, and uh, people actually want the physical book in their hands. They want to be able to see it and smell it and, and, and make notes and margins and refer back and forth in the pages, you know, rather than looking at something in an electronic format, which, you know, there's a time and place for everything. I mean, it's... There's nothing wrong with that, but uh, there seems to be a resurgence of um, actual physical books. Our guest today, Paul Fridland, is the owner-operator of Pilgrim's Way Community Bookstore and Secret Garden in downtown Carmel-by-the-Sea in California. Um, If you do want to access the website, maybe find out what's on the online store or send a note, uh, the website there, pilgrimsway.com. 
will set you up with that. And if you want to send Paul a note directly, you can send it to pilgrim at pilgrimsway.com. So, do you have any advice for people who are maybe writing their first book? Ooh, yeah. My I mean, you're a bookstore right. owner. You, right. you sell books. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, the fact, well, one of the things you have to realize is that um, we're on the other end of uh, end of uh, your writing a book. We're actually the one that is that's handing it to people and selling it. So, don't underestimate what we can tell you or what you're going to see in a bookstore. Come hang out in a bookstore and actually put on your uh, research cap. Come in and look at all of the different books and what they have to say and how they're designed and how they fit. Um, so a lot of times we our buying decisions are based on if they're going to fit on the shelf or not. Just the dimension of the book, you mean? The dimension of the book, uh-huh. yeah, how it's displayed. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, does it have a hardcover or paperback? Do the, if it's paperback, do the covers curl? Right. What it, what does it look like? Right. Is it true that people judge a book by its cover? That's absolutely true. Uh huh. Absolutely, and in fact, if you're if you're into the if you've gotten to the point where it's the design aspect of the book, by all means, you know, uh, find a professional designer to help you with the cover of the book because I've seen so many books come in and out of the store and uh, people just haven't taken the time to consider what actually goes into a good design for a cover and all the elements that are needed for a cover and um, it just sits on a shelf. So um, so you said you offer that service? We can refer service like okay, that. Okay, great. Um, and also get a professional editor and proofreader and um, uh, get advice. Um, and uh, Because right now there's so many different avenues for people that can self-publish their books. Like print-on-demand or... Yes, print-on-demand. Yeah. Um, even Amazon has, a, has an arm where they Publishing do that. Publishing arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they do print-on-demand services. Uh, unfortunately... Uh, those kinds of books are really difficult for uh, other stores to actually sell them in the store. If Why they, is that? Well, because because we we actually the cost of the book to get it in my store if it's published by Amazon, they put a premium on their um, on the actual cost of the book for if you're going to resell it. So, um, are you saying that it's more expensive to buy it as a reseller than it is as a consumer? Sometimes it is uh-huh. actually, and that's that's ridiculous. And Amazon's got that kind of uh, sort of sewn right up. Well, it it sounds to me, if I'm understanding this correctly, that Amazon is creating a captive audience and uh, absolutely demolishing any competition by way of independent resellers. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And if you think about it, it's a good business model on, yeah. on their yeah. end. But, yeah. uh, you know, if you want to publish a book, consider how it's going to be sold. Mm. That's that's really the bottom line. Right. Right. How about married couples working together? Ah, yes. What would you say? What is, what is your, your deep wisdom from years of experience to folks who are considering settling down, owning a little bookstore, and 
working together as husband and wife. Mm. Like what? Like us? Um, I, I'm. I think the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that question is laugh, have fun, um, make it light. Uh, you know that there's going to be challenges, but get through them quickly and get over it. And uh, what we've done is is we've over time we've discovered what our uh, weaknesses and our strong points are. And we recognize that in each other. And so we've um, sort of divided up our talents and what how we apply it to the business. And like, for instance, I'm more of the business uh, side of things, the accounting side and the maintenance side. And Cynthia's more on the creative side. And she does a lot of the promotion and... Uh, uh, and decision making there, and so um, and we we respect that in each other, but that's not to say that we've got each other, that we we also want to make sure that there's redundancy, so we've got each other's backs as well, so that if anything happens, we can step in, and we've uh, we just work well together that way. Yeah, that's that's right. That sounds so simple to hear you describe it like that. It doesn't always feel that simple, mm. but it does sound simple. Um, I want to just remind everybody before we run out of time and go too far um, about uh, our monthly tracking club. We have a Monterey Bay Tracking Club a Facebook page you can find with great photos and dialogues between people who are involved in getting outside with some folks who know a little bit about track and sign, um, animal track and sign, and uh, who are interested in getting better attuned, uh, increasing their awareness on all levels. And so that is coming up. Um, it'll be the 4th of January. That's a Sunday morning. We start bright and early at 8 a.m. in Fort Ord, meeting at the Ord Market there on Imgen. If you want more details, you can give us a call at 831-624-4955. Um, as I mentioned, you can also find information, including a map, uh, online uh, on the Facebook page. It's open to the public, and that's Monterey Bay Tracking Club. We meet for two or three hours. Um, it's a great group of people. Uh, so I highly recommend it. Certainly a good idea for the new year to increase awareness and sensitivity to the great outdoors. But um, speaking of outdoors, Paul, you were telling me uh, off the air about a, a story of someone who came in um, and fell in love with something in the secret garden. Would you share that story? Which one was that? I think the gentleman was here visiting from Hong Kong. Oh yeah, we uh, we we sell um, a statuary, and one of our favorite statuary uh, pieces that we sell are, is a cast concrete um, statue of Kuan Yin, and she's in kind of a sort of a, a reclining pose. And she has a face that is sort of the perfect blend of Asian and Native American, and it's just a beautiful statue that, um, I don't know, the thing uh, it must weigh about 30 pounds or something because it's cast concrete anyway. 
this guy came in and he just fell in love with it and he bought it and I asked him where he was taking it and he said well I'm taking it back to Hong Kong on the plane oh, like a carry-on yes and I said that's quite <laughs> that's quite a <laughs> that's quite a thing but he uh, ended up being a uh, professor of comparative religion and he said that the face that she has is just the perfect blend and he just wanted to take that back to Hong Kong Wow Wow I was that's, right. uh, he must have been impressed he was really impressed nice man too and so do you get into conversation with people who are traveling through because I know that in Carmel we get a lot of visitors we get some celebrities we get some international <coughs> folks um, we get very famous learned people as you just um, gave an example of um, did you actually get to interface and, and talk with people that's the best part of my job. Ah. I love interfacing with people and learning things about what they do and and why they're here and what they're looking for. And um, I learn so much that way. And so I, I really, truly enjoy that. Have you met anyone um, in the store that impressed you or you, you learned like a significant piece of information that you'd like to share with us? Hmm. Well, let me think. Um, well, um, one story that comes to mind was a gentleman a few years back when we were uh, a metaphysical bookstore, primarily. And um, I was working one day, and I saw this gentleman walk in the front door, and he had a feed cap on and overalls, and he looked like he was a farmer out of the Midwest, probably from Iowa or someplace. And he looked up and he looked around the store with this big frown on his face with his hands on his hips. And I thought to myself, oh, he's just going to just gonna take three seconds. He's going to figure out he's in the wrong place, right? And, he, and then all of a sudden his face changed. It lit up and he went, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I, that was the day I just figured out I love to be tricked because I was judging him for what he looked like and needless to, na- needless to say he was just the most open and conversational and truly a wonderful person to talk to we talked for about a half an hour on his travels and where he was going and his experiences and everything and uh so that was that was that was one of my favorite stories yeah i love that story yep it's true. Yeah. You know, in terms of judging a book by its cover, we right. can do that with other humans pretty quickly and All not the time. even not even know it. Yeah. So Paul, owner of Pilgrim's Way Community Bookstore in Secret Garden. Well, so are you. Do you do you have uh, stories about any kids coming into the business? I mean, do you like kids? Uh, yeah, I love kids. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Any any kid stories, things that were particular highlights? Well, the one story I think I'm going to let you tell, because this is the one that, that I think you were the one that interfaced with her. You don't you don't interface with kids. That's a woman's no, job. No, no, no. <laughs> no, this one in particular. <laughs> well, tell your story. This is you. This one in particular. Uh, you mean the little girl that saved up her money? Well, that's, that's a good yeah. story, but it doesn't have to be the one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
All right. So we sell, uh, in the Secret Garden, we sell baby dragons. And they're all curled up sleeping, looking real peaceful. And this little girl came in. We have kids in all the time. They usually head for the water or the bells <laughs> or something that they can, you know, totally saturate their senses with. But this little girl was about 10 years old, 9 or 10 years old. And she um, she said, excuse me, can you tell me how much this baby dragon is? And I thought, oh, man, she's going to be so disappointed because it's like $45. And I said, yes. I said, that's $45. And she said, okay, good. I have enough. (laughs) I thought, whoa. She said, I've been saving my allowance for over a month so that I could come back and get this little baby dragon. I just love it. And I said, do you have plans for it? Where is it going to be where you live? And she said, it's going to sleep just beside my bed on the floor. I just love this little dragon. Oh, man. And her mom was with her. You know, it was kind of a family affair. I thought how great it was that kids learn how they can, under their own steam, save their money and uh, and really make things happen that they want to have happen. I think that's a very powerful lesson. So that's my that's that's my contribution to your list of stories. Uh-uh. Yeah. Well, um, I wonder if there's anything, Paul, that you have a sense about people misunderstanding about you, that this is your chance. You got your soapbox. You got your mic. Is there anything people should know about you that they may not already? What do you mean like like, uh, things that people may not know about me? Well, whatever. This is your uh, true confession moment. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you feel uh, those spotlights beaming down? Yeah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, what would you like people to know about you that they may not already? Hmm. Uh, I, I, I think one thing that people might not know about me is that I studied for about eight years studying Kung Fu, and uh, it's helped me a lot in my life. And uh, it's allowed me to read people a lot a lot easier and a lot better, I think. As long as they don't have a uh, John Deere cap on. Yeah, <laughs> that was before. <laughs> okay, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> but everybody sees me as kind of a meek and mild, calm Buddha guy, you know? Yeah. And uh, But I have that part of my background that I'm, that a lot of people don't know about. Um. And sometimes I don't show it, but I just love to laugh. Just love to laugh. And uh, Do you have any plans uh, for your own personal future, aside from the business? Things that you have aspiration to learn or do? Um, maybe places that you want to go? I'd like to go back to Hawaii with you. <laughs> um, travel more. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a keyboard in your mm-hmm. future. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want to learn to play uh, play uh, the keyboard. Yeah. Piano. Um, I want to take more pictures. I want to get into my photography more. And uh, just just explore more of my creative side because um, 
in the business i'm i'm doing a lot of detail work and taking care of a lot of things that are um involve a lot of detail so i just i yearn for that side of me that is the creative side that wants to branch out sounds like that hermit that was looking down when you started the store and now he's looking up now he's looking up yeah yep Good for you. I think everyone should find their creative side. I think it's a natural balancing point to oh, the serious responsibility aspects of life that are also important. But you have to have four legs on the table. You can't just have one. It does not work well to support anything. And so the That's more right. creative uh, that people can be in their own way, right, then the less stressed they are, the better able they're able to... Uh, listen to others and have patience and and uh, understanding. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's very worthy. That's right. Anything stopping you from doing that? My time management. Oh, your time management. That's getting back to that. That sounds yeah. very mm-hmm. serious, too. I know, doesn't it? <laughs> we got to make it fun. Got to make it fun, right? Oh, goodness. Well, we are coming to the close of our program here. Um, This is the last show for Simple Life Radio in 2014. It's also the last show hosted by Radio Monterey. Uh, Coming up in the spring of 2015, Simple Life Radio will continue creating, producing, and engineering great podcasts for you to enjoy And they will be distributed directly. So you can connect with us via simpleliferadio.com. You can also connect with us through our Facebook page for Simple Life Radio. And pilgrimsway.com, since if you've listened to this interview, you know that um, Paul and I are both um, co-owners of Pilgrim's Way Community Bookstore in Secret Garden in Carmel, and Simple Life Radio is sponsored by Pilgrim's Way. You can always uh, connect with us through that website. And there is a tab for Simple Life Radio on that website that connects you directly with um, prior episodes and archives from earlier shows. Uh, we do invite you, if you are so inclined, if you're lucky enough to be in Carmel, drop into the store. It's a beautiful area. No street lights at night. You can see the stars. Um, there are no numbers on the buildings, but you'll get used to it. It's a good way to learn your directions anyway. And you will probably find Paul or myself most every day. We are open every single day. So um, just about every day, one of us is there. And we have uh, the support of a great staff, Tim Bergren and Doreen Smith, who have been with us now for a good amount of time. They know quite a lot and can help out and are really, really terrific people um, to have around, and we appreciate their support in the store. I'll second that. Absolutely. I want to thank uh, Hal Ginsberg, previous owner of KRXA 540 AM, for affording me the opportunity to start this program in the first place, and also the good folks of Radio Monterey for their support. I've enjoyed producing this show for the last two years, and uh, I want to thank you for being a great audience. Um, If you don't already know it, there are uh, two years' worth of shows, archive shows that have been 
uh, formatted into podcast format that you can either listen to online or download on your smart device. And those can be accessed through um, the website simpleliferadio.com goes right to the podcast platform. And uh, I am your host, Cynthia Fernandez. Our guest today, Paul Fridland, the fifth owner of the Pilgrim's Way Community Bookstore and Secret Garden in Carmel-by-the-Sea, was our guest. I want to thank you, Paul, for allowing yourself to be in the hot seat and do the thing you don't want to do, which is speak in front of public. (laughs) Well, thank you, Cynthia, for having me here. It's been a delight to do this show. I have met a whole number of different kinds of people and, of course, through the course of the interview, have gotten to know them really um, much more so than I would have in any social situation. So I want to give a big thank you to all the folks who've been sitting in that hot seat across from me, willing to share their stories of inspiration and and real-life experience with our audience. So until we meet again, I want to remind everybody, keep it simple. I'll uh, hopefully connect with you very soon. Have a great holiday, what's left of it, and also a very happy and healthy New Year to all. Zabadab, 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 zabadab,